This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. First time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins and the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like, it is sure. Yeah. Yeah. With Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show. What a bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Meet the killer! Yeah. Yeah. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. He's win, you know. We got a lot of losses. To yeah, we got a lot of losses. Lace them up for some Bees Talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. Should have traded for Panarin. Told you weeks ago, Calman. Should have made the trade. Yeah. What, nothing to say for yourself? <laughs> I thought you wanted Duchesne. Uh, yeah, Duchesne too. Not the Zingle after he got benched last night. Yeah, uh, but the sad part is you want these are the guys you wanted to trade for, but the guys they traded for were their two best, are their two best players. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I guess so. That can't be a fluke. Don Sweeney getting a lot of praise after Game 1. Game 2, who gets the blame? 1-1, one, one, good series. Tuca! Sunday skate. Yeah, well, I haven't heard much of that, although a bizarre Fluto headline we'll get to coming up here on the program. Good morning, Pete Blackburn, CBS. Good morning. Welcome back. I know it's a quick turnaround for both of Yins. Uh, good morning to, to uh, Matnatsky, too. Months up. Yeah, that's a shock. He's still hungover from last night. Last week I had a uh, four-pack of reasons uh, the Bruins were on the brink. Clearly inspired them to a pretty good week, I would say. <laughs> a uh, last Sunday 4-2 win, maybe their best game of the playoffs. That win in Toronto fell down one nothing and came back and then played an awesome game. Of course, you had the game seven, the five to one win. Thursday, the overtime winner, where the trade deadline guys showed up. Last night, I've got a game two six pack of suck. If oh, you'd God. like me to go through, we only have an hour to go here, Ken. Uh, but I, I'll defer to you guys, I guess. Uh, why did they lose last night, Matt? What was what jumps out to you as the overall reason? Well, the what biggest happened? the biggest reason is they didn't uh, make life hard on Bobrovsky. They kind of looked like a tired team. They didn't grind it out. The ice is bad, so what? Play harder, get inside, create some traffic. Nothing. I disagree with that. My number one reason is they didn't take care of the puck. Look at the two goals that they got in regulation. It's awful. Horrible turnovers. Yeah, horrible. I'm, you're wrong, Calvin. But Pete's <laughs> nailed this. Hard on Bobrovsky. Well, uh, I mean, he made some pretty good saves. You would admit that. I mean, even uh, Cassidy was praising the Bob, the playoff Bob, in the post game. I don't care. I just uh, don't okay. care about the goal. I don't want to hear about this nonsense. The goal he stole with the goalie beat it, tip your cap, stood on his head. I don't care. But sometimes score that's goals true. against I mean, them. I, I agree. Yeah, that's once in a while, problem. you know, what? we're going to hear that whole series. They're going to lose this in six, and we're going to say, oh, you know, we gave it our best. Bob Bobrovsky stole it. What are you going to do? Tuca can't steal it for us. Bobrovsky stole it. Well, I don't care. Yeah, I'm okay. not trying to hear that either because Tuca played pretty well last night. Both goalies were very, very good. No, no, but Bobrovsky, I mean, okay, I mean, it's one thing for a coach to praise his own players, but uh, Tortorella is basically saying this is as, as the best I've ever seen the guy play. And, of course, in the postseason, he's not played well traditionally, so maybe that's damning with faint praise, but... We ripped Freddie Anderson for blowing Game 7, or most of us did, so why not praise a goaltender when he steals a game in the playoffs? I mean, you can't... It's not But he didn't totally steal it. I mean, yeah, there. by overtime, they were really working him, but he wasn't working him in regulation. What was it? I mean, one good save, two good saves in regulation? Are we not allowed to criticize the top line? Are we not allowed to, like, say yeah. that Patrice Bergeron has really kind of been horse poop in this playoffs so far? I think, I think the Bruins stole that game from themselves more than Bobrovsky stole it from them. Well, in overtime, the save he's getting praised for the most is the grizzly dump-in that took a funny bounce off the bad ice or whatever that was a couple minutes into the first OT. But he did stone Bergeron from right in front. At least one of those two was a terrific save. you, you got to give him that one. That's halfway through the overtime. Bergeron 
has a terrific chance and is in good position. So he's getting chances. I mean, that's just that's great goalie play. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't disagree that he was really, really good. I just think he they easily could have been beaten yesterday had had the Bruins not continually shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, I, I mean, now Cassidy basically said he thought they they had cleaned things up by the third period. Correct to paraphrase, uh, Matt. I don't know if you were in, present for that. We can play that soundbite a bit later in the in the show. But he was not really ripping his guys his first line except for their power play. Uh, which is part of it. I mean, uh, on the six-pack of suck has got to be the three-minute power play where they generated no shots. Uh, was it the second period? I think it was the second period. Um, yeah, after the high stick. And in general, on the night, even though they scored one, the power play is, is either has not been good or you have to tip your cap to Columbus because their penalty kill was awesome in the regular season and it continues to be here the, through the first two games of the playoffs. I... I... <laughs> I'm at a loss. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, no, I, I just think, I mean... <laughs> You're at the, a loss. Yeah, the power play was, was terrible at, at certain points last night. You have to look at the fact that they had some really great chances to seize momentum, and they didn't take it. They didn't even, get, they didn't even try to take it. They didn't get, you just mentioned they got zero shots right. on an extended power play. Well, go ahead, Common. Light up the first line. If that's is that what you're saying? We're not. They deserve more criticism than Cassidy. Gave. Yeah, I don't give a damn what Bruce Cassidy has to say. I know what I watched. I know what I saw. And Bruce Cassidy's not going to rip his team. He never rips his team, except if he has to throw the goalie under the bus now and then. But the fact is, <laughs> the top six not playing well, getting outplayed at home ice. So now, what's going to happen in Columbus where they're going to have Jones and Wierenski in their face even more? Are they going to pay the price? Are, are Marshan and Pasternak just going to play this two-man weave the whole the whole series? Is is, is Heinen just going to go out there and come in and out and fade in and out like an old television set? And it's crazy. It's unbelievable to watch these guys. I mean, when is when is Marshan? I mean, he stopped the stick and you say, okay, Marshan's back. He's going to do something. And then last night he's dancing around with the puck again. Like you said, managing the puck. Well, it's not necessarily you know, the defenseman. It's it's the important players in this team not managing it for sure. And you know, Pasternak got on the board yesterday, but. It God, went off his he skate. looked terrible. He oh looked my absolutely God. terrible. I, I mean, I, you know, machine. we're going to hear so much about injuries and injuries. I, I hope there's injuries here because right now, right. The, the, Charlie Coyle is carrying you here. Coyle, and, and I don't think you should throw Heinen into this mix. He's he's played very well. Well, but. obviously the coach didn't think so because he disappeared for a few shifts in that in that third period last night. I don't know what was going on there. He has played pretty well, but maybe he's one of these guys that the coach, you know, if one, one bad shift, maybe you come out of the rotation, but... And maybe he lost them because he was shuffling a little bit. But, oh, my God, this top six. And and Jake DeBrus, too. Where was he again? He, he He's fading out again. It's unbelievable. Well, the drop Where's pass the from two feet away from the goaltender was, is mind-numbing. Is, does that what, not what epitomize happened? what was going on with that team? That's what I'm talking about. Shoot the damn puck. Well, they got to the front of the net. They just didn't make it uh, terribly hard on Bobrovsky. Uh, yeah, I would throw that in there as I don't know. I don't know. Overthinking it over. It may, maybe Bobrovsky's in their head a bit from game one. He was good in game one. But they were doing this stuff in in the first series as well. Like the one too many passes thing has been a consistent issue throughout the postseason. Yeah, it has. And uh, and the me, power play. You want to go back to that power play? That three minute power play where they ran the same play like six times in a row, and <laughs> Columbus didn't even have to move to just put their stuck stick in the lane and knock it out of the zone. I mean, oh my god! Yeah, very predictable. Very it like, predictable. It looks like when your dog, you know, when your when your dog sees a stuffed animal and thinks it's another dog and starts doing things to it. That's what it looked like. Just keep doing it and doing it. It's not going to work. Nothing's happening. Well, the top line has been held off the score sheet. Uh, I mean, it goes. It's a three game trend here. It's not just. Short term, eight of Boston's last ten goals have come from players outside the top six. The ones they did get, of course, was the you know the, the off the stick uh, the skate of Pasternak last night, 
and uh, Bergeron had the empty netter in Game 7, but otherwise, it's been mostly the unknown players. So it is hard to explain why this line... I don't know, it's, it's not even together, the line anymore. I mean, Pasternak was playing on the right. third line, by, so he's not even a top-six player for periods of this game. At points but, yesterday, I was wondering, like, is Pasternak going to get healthy scratched for next game, or, <laughs> or quote-unquote healthy scratched, because he's clearly not himself. But I was like, is this guy going to play next game? Because he is a liability in the lineup right now. At the now. very least, he should be off that first power play, and if Krejci's healthy enough, Krejci should take that spot. Is he hurt still? I mean, is it the risk? He's, he Maybe he's re-injured. Maybe somebody smacked his yep. thumb. You know, Could I be. said that to him before this, the playoffs started. I said, you know, we're so quiet about injuries and, every, and you can't disclose anything. And you've we've told, we've declared to everyone that you have a bad thumb and you're wearing a splint. So you don't think guys are going to take shots at that? Well, the, the worst moment for Marshawn was the penalty at the end of the first period. That was his first penalty of the playoffs, if you can believe it. And he takes that opportunity to get a little cross-check in gets tagged for it, and then that coupled with the Chara giveaway where he couldn't clear the zone, just put it right up the middle of the ice, that gets uh, Columbus on the board. So that's that's obviously a bad one-two punch. Yeah, that Bur- penalty's not so bad, though. I mean, it was a scrum, and I don't know how they only get one penalty out of that thing. I mean, Tory Krug and the other guy were yeah, basically in a fight, and they didn't call anything on them. I guess, but he, I mean, that's a cheap shot after the, the horn, which started the whole thing. So if I, don't, I don't blame the refs. If you're looking at what caused the whole thing, it was Marchand. And then the Bergeron penalty in double overtime, I mean, I do think it's excuse making, but this team did go to seven games, has not had two days off in a long time. Bergeron's playing a lot of minutes. He's just a little fatigued. He's not really playing a lot of minutes, though. He's playing a lot. Maybe you mean last night? Yes. Oh, yeah, last night, fine. But he Everybody hasn't really been overworked. Nobody on this night. team is overworked. I mean, they balanced out these lines the last few games. It's not, uh, you know, they're not playing 25 yeah, minutes Matt, a game, they, these guys. They played a pretty tough seven game series and went right into, you know, a good performance in game one Thursday. I mean, it's. It, you do it to yourself, though. You do it to yourself. But it can't surprise you that they were a little fatigued by the second overtime yeah, of game but two. You know what? They don't put, go seven games with I, Toronto. Which I think they, the you, extra you know, handles so well in game six and seven. The extra day is going to help uh, here. Like it's, it's very, very nice that they get an extra day after that game because they're totally. going to need it. They do, and they need to reboot. Now, You know, going to Columbus, we had shots fired from Brandon Dubinsky last night uh, who basically said uh, their arena is going to be much, much louder than it was at uh, TD Garden. And uh, here's they the probably will. Okay. Oh, what it's going to be like in Game Three, the atmosphere in that building. I can, I can tell you, I know it's going to be a hell of a lot louder than it was here in Boston. All right. See, those are fighting words. It probably yeah. will because it's the first second round game they've had in 20 years. Who the hell can hear the crowd? They blast the music so loud. All I hear is music. I don't hear anybody cheer anything. <laughs> they just <laughs> blast it like a t- at a 20 decibel level. You can't hear anything. Well, well how'd you grade the atmosphere though with the, just the music? Well, I, I, the the atmosphere for me, I don't know. I'm in the ninth floor, but you know what? I see the Ali tweet. Raceman I, was awesome. I, I see the tweets. No one, everyone seems to agree with him. So I mean, maybe people are just you know we're already looking forward to the next round or something. Maybe that you know that happens. Plus. You know, the secondary market stinks on these tickets because they're so expensive. So who knows who's in those seats? It could just be businessmen. Is it a quote-unquote corporate crowd? Yeah, maybe it's a corporate crowd Toronto. But I would have thought with all the top teams getting eliminated and the the reality now of the of the Stanley Cup being pot, not only possible they're they're favorite right I mean would you, they have the, yeah everyone people are trying to say San Jose but I think the team with the most points left is the favorite and I would say it's them I am curious to see what these ratings are like I mean nationally they're not going to be great for, for anything, but for local ratings are are you know our guy I mean the Celtics haven't played in two weeks <laughs> uh, nobody's taking the Red Sox seriously right now or, or caring that much so. These these ratings should be great. It, it didn't show up in the passion in the building last night, I guess, uh, unless Dubinsky's wrong or unless some of your your tweets are wrong. But it's there. I mean, this this opportunity, this now the yeah. pressure is now uh, 
ratcheted up a notch, I would think, for all these guys because they know uh, they're supposed to win this thing, which is amazing. This team is supposed to now win the Stanley Cup. I'm I'm still I I've been trying to convince myself to not take Columbus lightly. Right. I, I am not scared of the Blue Jackets after two games. I'm really not. They should have won yesterday. They almost gave game one away. The Bruins are not playing at even close to their best hockey, and they're still they still were extremely close to being up two zero. Well, the things that you should fear about. Columbus, obviously Bobrovsky, even though Kamen wants to put his head in the sand and pretend, and pretend he didn't have to steal a couple of games here. Uh, he's, a, he's a threat. He is a factor. Artemi Panarin is awesome. I mean, those goals last night, not only the rocket off, uh, you know. Sure, but look how they came. The pads. Look how they came. They were gifts. Yes, yes, true. But, I mean, he's lethal. He'll make you pay him. The second goal that he scored <laughs> to roof it Sure, the, but don't the loft muffins into the middle of the ice straight to the Blue Jackets. What was Coyle even doing there? I'm not even sure. What, I have no idea. What was the miscommunication there? Does that ever a design play where you, you, you backhanded blindly in front of your goaltender from behind the net? Yeah, I mean, that was just inexcusable. Uh, but but Panarin's awful good, awfully good. Duchesne, I wouldn't say, has been a major factor other than the you know the, uh, the the game winner last night, obviously. But they've for the most he hasn't been uh, threatening them with a ton of chances. But you know he can get going. And Seth Jones is is unbelievably good through two games. What did he play? Forty five minutes last night. <laughs> yeah, a couple of assists. Um, he's called uh, by Tortorella the engine. Uh, Thirty eight minutes last night, to be precise. And he is really good. I don't know if he's the best defenseman in hockey, but he's got to be in the top ten for sure and maybe top five. Uh, I don't want to overreact after two games, but he's, he is everywhere. He, he never comes off the ice. Yeah, I mean, their, their defense is solid. I mean, they only played four guys basically last night, but their defense is solid. Uh, but again, I just I, you can talk about Panarin and, and Duchesne, and sure, they're, they're really good players, but they are not taking over the series. They're not, I'm not scared of them through two games. What they've gotten has been a product of the Bruins playing poorly. Do you fear Columbus? That's a, a fair question for Bruins fans. 617-779-7937. What do you make through two games of the series? Who's in control? What do you think, Calvin? Are you scared of the, are you scared of the Blue Jackets? I'm under the table. Okay. <laughs> How much sleep did you get last night? Three hours. And uh, a good three hours or a restless three hours? Oh, a restless three hours. I mean, of course, I woke up 72 times thinking I overslept. I mean, you gotta, you got to rush because if you oversleep, think about it. If you oversleep at this point, you are missing this show. Because, right. because the further the Bruins go in the playoffs, the less time we get. By the Eastern Conference Finals, we're going to be like a 10-minute commercial break, you and me, and breaking down the game. So, you know. <laughs> well, uh, Maria from Watertown's on the line. She wants to get at it early. Maybe you should, too, since we only have an hour. Maybe Maria should replace you, Calvin, and just give you a rest one of these weeks. Absolutely. She's, she's getting a lot of praise for her, uh, for her critiques of the Bruins. So she's up first. We go right to her here on Sunday Skate. Hi, Maria. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Wonderful. Uh, wonderful. You don't sound wonderful, Pete. I don't feel wonderful either, but I'm, I'm just a little surprised at um, the sloppiness with which the Bruins handled that game last night, given you know, the fact that we're in round two here. The, the, the blind passes and the turnovers are just totally unacceptable. And were it not for that, and were it not for these extra passes in their you know, so-called cuteness um, trying to get offense going, they should be up two to nothing. And I'm, I'm at a loss as to what is going on. You know, never mind the first line being canceled out. And who would have thought that after all of the conversations we've had all season long about 
needing more than the first line to produce that now we're not getting any production from them. And honestly, guys, I didn't even know that Jake DeBrusque and David Krejci were even playing last night until, you know, late into the second period. I don't know what is going on with the dynamics of these lines and the power play, but, um, you know, they need to get that fixed and fixed right away. Now, having said that, I'm not afraid of the Blue Jackets. You've got enough firepower to beat this team. You just have to get your heads out of your butts and have an awareness of where each other are before you just blindly start throwing pucks left and right or behind the back. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm oversimplifying things. Um, but with the, on a positive note, Connor Clifton has played quiet good in these couple of games. I think he's been, he's been certainly better on the back end than um, John Moore has been. And, and Tuca's still standing tall as far as I'm concerned. So those are my thoughts, guys. And, um, you know, go home and get some rest because I think it's <laughs> going to be a long series. Yeah, certainly looking that way. Thanks, Maria. A couple yeah. of th- things to jump off there. First of all, Krejci, of course, he almost didn't play last night. He was instrumental in their first goal, the Grizzly goal. He dug one out of the uh, off the boards there after the faceoff win. But I, I would agree with Maria. After that, I didn't notice him much. Yeah, he was out of the rotation, too, for a while. I mean, him and DeBrus disappeared. They cut it back to three lines. But you know, you know what the worst part is? That Brad Marchand complained about the ice. Did he again after the game? No, no, before, oh, before right? Yes. So let's let's go to timeline here. Brad Marchand complains about the ice. Yeah, you whined about it being too cold. The guard to goes to 40 below zero. <laughs> there are literally penguins running around in the press box. And then Brad Marchand doesn't take advantage of the extra cold ice and goes out there and puts on an ice capade show instead of, you know, playing hard and getting to the net and making things happen. Sounds like you're just mad that the, so maybe the they press should, box is cold. So maybe they should just let the ice go to crap and maybe, that's, <laughs> maybe that plays into their hands. Yeah, I mean, Marchand, he had several turnovers on the on the power play. The only, he, he juked Kukan out of his socks in the neutral zone once to avoid a hit. Other than that, I didn't notice him much on the night either. I gotta gotta agree with that. Yeah, the top six is gone. It's if it's Charlie. They should they have to like at one point they were double shifting Charlie Coyle. That was the stretch where which they Crazy wasn't been. playing, and that's what they're gonna have to do the whole series at this rate. Yeah, I, I mean, I think like, that Coyle was really good. Johansson was fine. Uh, Joakim Nordstrom was really good last night. I felt like. I mean, the fourth line, you know, all those guys have been, uh, after we shredded the the, uh, the bottom six last week, I mean, that's, well, they, those bottom two lines have been carrying them for the last three that's games. the team right now, so. Yeah. They've gone, now, Clifton, he he doesn't show up real well in the uh, in the stats, in the fancy stats. He and Grizzly got outcoursing last night, but he's physical. Yeah. I mean. Uh, you know I who mean, looks great in fancy stats? The Toronto Maple Leafs. How are they doing? Clifton, they look, Clifton played less than 17 minutes, too. So, so they're sheltering him a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right now it's pretty clear they're not firing on all cylinders unless you think that just the top line is being neutralized and that's good enough, that they're taking out Duchesne. Because th- this is not much of a line-matching series, but it does seem like uh, you know he wants Chara out against Duchesne as much as possible. And I guess Bergeron out uh, against Duchesne yeah, as well. Yeah, it depends where the face-off is. That's what they've been doing with that. It's, just, it's all the deep pairs, like you're saying. It's Chara and McAvoy against Duchesne, and it's Carlo and crew against uh, Dubois. And he doesn't seem to really care too much about the lines unless it's uh, you know it's a defensive zone faceoff. Then it's definitely going to be Bergeron or or Corrali, and uh, it's worked for the most part. Yeah, it's a much different team, right? I mean, you go from Toronto to this, where they're physical. But, um, yeah, but you know, it, it just comes back to what is going on with that top line because in the regular season, this is the same thing. I mean, this isn't new. 
you know, we're focusing on it more because we have a show and because it's the, the playoffs, but they go against top lines all the time and they put up all these points and they're just disappeared. And it, there's just no excuse for it right now at this point. They're, they're, you know, the games that they have produced, we've seen the formula. Get the puck deep. I mean, you, it's, there's no reason why you can't play the way the fourth and third lines are playing, getting the puck deep, retrieving the puck, and, and then working, going to work from there. And it works when they do it. We've seen right. it a few times, but they don't keep doing it. And I don't know if that's because they're afraid of it, some sort of injury that they have or they're just intent, intent on getting on some kind of highlight reel, which they're never going to get on at this rate. Like, look at the, the Pasternak goal and how that came about. Just get the puck low, right. throw it to the middle of the net, and as well as Bobrovsky's playing, if you get the, those chances in front of the net and put pressure right in front of him, you're going to get pucks to the back of the net. You yeah. are. And they're just, they did not get enough of that last night. There you know, was not was enough just, pressure in front. It was just April 2nd or something. They scored four goals on him and knocked him out in the second right. period. I'm not going to tip my cap to this guy yet until he steals the whole series. Oh, Pete, don't, don't he's start agreeing with Calvin. No, I just, he's beatable. There, there was not in front, enough in front of him last night. There really wasn't. Yeah. But you, puck, puck management still was the bigger issue. Yeah, I agree. Calvin's wrong. Uh, we, we all agree. Now, the only person who agreed with me last week, even though they were on the brink, that you couldn't bet on Toronto to win the series was Fred in New Hampshire, and he's ready to rip you guys again for a second straight week, and I fully endorse it. We go to Fred here on Sunday Skate. Good morning, Freddie. I think Fred. we go to Fred. Fred! Hey, come yep, on. There he is. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we got you. Hey, yeah. Uh, first, let's talk about the great week we had last week, okay? Right. Uh, Speak for yourself. First time, first time. <laughs> That I ever could remember, we had two great Fridays in a row, okay? Uh, good Fridays. Well, they were great because they were brewing Fridays. Anyways, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, last week, you would have thought Don Sweeney, um, he graduated from Trump University, the way you guys were talking about him, okay? Uh, now, Johansson, Coyle, you know... They're going to be naming kids Charlie soon, all right? All right. You know, to lose home ice last night wasn't a good thing. But this team has been playing very well. And last night, that was overtime, okay? It Things shouldn't have been. In over- huh? It shouldn't have been. They shouldn't have been in overtime. They should have won in regulation. Yes, they should have. They should have kept home ice advantage, but they didn't. But I am, you guys, you guys like, I don't know, you float with the waves or something. You just, if, <laughs> if something happens, yeah. um, listen, yeah, you're so, have you watched this team as a whole? I mean, it, it, last night when Chara came out and, and wrapped that guy right away, I mean, things like this, this has been fun to watch. And I am confident in this team. They're going to go into Columbus, and they're going to take two. You know? And that, that cannon that they have, yeah. you know, the, the NRA, that thing in um, uh, Chicago with the horn and that cannon, the two things I hate the most. <laughs> and Vienna, what's the NRA have to do with it? It's a cannon, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> okay. Come on. I'm not trying to be overly negative here. I, I just said I'm not really scared of Columbus, but you should be up two to nothing. And, you know, you have to go now that the Don't series. Float with the waves, Pete. I'm trying not to. Now that the series is shifting back to Columbus, that's what makes that loss hurt a little bit extra because you should be heading two nothing 
into their yeah, barn. The hockey hotbed of Columbus. As soon as you, they go down to nothing, you know what those fans are going to be doing. They're going to be leaving. Are they going to be looking at the cell phone? Are they going to be doing something else? Because hockey doesn't matter in Columbus. Just like hockey doesn't matter in Tampa. Okay? You think after Tampa lost, people are, they didn't care. Last, they went to the beach. It doesn't matter in those cities. Okay? It matters here. And the Bruins are going to keep on the roll. It's going to be, you know, can you explain to me why you only have one hour this week? It's That's a even. great question. Uh, mostly Calvin's bitter and he's pissed off management because he complains too much, I think is the, really the reason why. Uh, no, I don't know the reason why. Well, well it's, any, it's our, anyways. It, thanks for the call, Freddie. All good points. Uh, we should be back to two hours next week. We, we save the two-hour shows for later in the series. Right? Does he, just, does just he want fanboy radio? Is that what he wants? Should we come with our face painted next week or what? Yeah, well, just don't float with the waves. I mean, you have to, fl- you have to float with the waves. This team floats with the waves. My God, one minute they were world beaters against Toronto, next minute they were playing a game seven against that team. They had no business no, being no, in a game seven, and just like they had no business going in overtime last night. It's the same thing with these guys. Kids, Charlie, right? <laughs> All these Weymouth kids. I do. I mean, to, to a certain extent, people get uh, super, super low after losses. It's it's not the end of the world. I said I said Bruins in five at, at the at the beginning of the series. You got to lose a game. For it to go five, I don't know how confident I am that they're going to go five now. Well, losing uh, a home game is is never. It's favorable. not great, yeah. And I, he he can knock Columbus. I've been in Columbus uh, for playoff series. They've only had first rounders, but it's a good hockey town. That building is awesome. I mean, the cannon is loud, and the fans are going to be into it. Well, so it's, that, co- it's Columbus. What else do they have to do? Right, so there's gotta, no beach there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, well, check the I mean, map. Yeah, we, we float with the waves, just like everybody else floats with the right. waves. But at least when you tune into this show, whether it's 50 minutes or 15 minutes, at least we're not just sitting here lamenting the goaltender nonstop. This is the only 50 minutes of talk radio in Boston where you're actually going to hear hockey talk, where we're actually going to talk about other aspects of the game other than the goalie. So enjoy it. But Bobrovsky was the star last night. 617-779-7937. Coming up, can we get to Tuca or Puka for last night and uh, the latest Fluto headline? <laughs> we'll do that. Matt oh Calvin is here from WEI.com. Do you have to pay an extra fee for the, to see the dead? Yes, you do. Subscription, uh, subscription required. Pete Blackburn is back from CBS Sports. I'm Ken Laird. This is Sunday Skate. we got a trending up coming up. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show and WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. You know, in a short sample supply, you know, you can get critical about the non- lack of production, but sometimes you got to tip your hat to the goaltender. <coughs> They've done a good job against Marshy. I think where they could have been better tonight as a group, but their part of that group was a power play. Clearly, that's a place to get going offensively, and we didn't execute well enough. We got a goal off of it, but really, not nearly to the level those guys have executed all year. You're, Columbus has good sticks. you got to respect that, but we're forcing plays and didn't execute the plays we should, and they're part of that group. So that's where I'd be I'm going to lay blame on him. I'd say it's more in that area than five on five. I think they've generated some stuff. Just hasn't gone. We name towns after people like you here, Clark Marblehead. (laughs) It's Sunday skate presented by Wise Snacks and Star Market. Tip your cap, Calman. Playoff Bruce, Bruce Cassidy is never real. even wears a cap, so what does he know about tipping a cap? That was that was a shot straight at you from Cassidy. The more I read that, negative Kalman. I'm gonna I'm gonna put him in his place before he starts ripping the top line. They were fine. Bobrovsky was excellent. Yes. While we have while we're on the topic of Milbury with the Milbury yeah. sound drop, yeah. we got to talk about that guy's absolute hatred for Marcus Johansson. <laughs> it is palpable. Well, it's only just matched by Ken's insane. hatred for him. 
I've, I mean, how can you not praise him after game one? But what about he, game Milbury, two? Milbury had a hard time praising him after game one. He had to throw in the fact well, that, well, he didn't do anything in the regular season for this team. Well, he was hurt. That's his shtick. Well, it's he no should not be stick. on the top power play in front of the bait. He should not be. Come on. I mean, that he's television. He's television clickbait. I'm not taking it. Um, Marshmallow soft. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't say he's a hard player who's like a prototypical he, net front guy. But he's not. Okay, this is where it comes in. All right, the guy's name is Johansson. So if he's not playing well, what? Oh, you must be soft. He's Swedish. He must be soft. It's such nonsense. It's such a trope. It's such a cliche. It's ridiculous. So why should we take the bait from him on that, right? So now you got me talking about it here. Good for him. He wins. What are you we're saying? T- it's ra- he's racist against Swedes? <laughs> I'm not saying he's racist. It's, I'm it's, saying it's it's a hockey cliche. Certain, yeah. if, the, if the Swedish guy's not playing well, well, he's a Swede. It comes down from Don Cherry. It was his old coach. It gets passed on from one guy to the next. The guy is actually a pretty hard-nosed. They have two hard-nosed Swedes. Nordstrom's been on the fourth line all year. We saw from, like, day one when he was on this team, he stood up for his teammate. He plays hard in those games. And Johansson, I mean, nobody takes more hits than Johansson. That's for sure. He's out there making plays. You know, he didn't show a up. A week ago, sc- you called him Deadwood Johansson. He was Deadwood for a while. Didn't say he was soft. Now I actually made an analysis. I looked at his play and analyzed. Didn't just say, oh, Johansson, he's soft. American player, this, whatever. You can't you can't base it on what the guy's now, name now is. You base it on how he plays. I mean, come on. he's He is... He is out of place in front of the net on the power play. Not, it's not on the top power play anyway. DeBrusque should be there, although DeBrusque. Been- he's he's not. He, he's out there for. The, he plays a down low position. That's fine. First of all, they're supposed to move around more. He's not supposed to just plant himself there. Second of all, he's great on the entries. That's what they needed, and they really needed to get the puck to him more or less because like, those entries weren't working. Tori Krug, five different ways to Wednesday couldn't get the puck across the blue line. Tried everything. Jeez, Bruins is right. Bruins fans need to start bringing marshmallows to games and throwing them on the ice when when <laughs> Johansson scores. <laughs> Let's go to Chris and Weymouth here on Sunday Skate. Hi, Chris. Hi. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on. You know, all I can hear, even just after three words of Calman talking, is him just saying how cold he is over and over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And pe- Marshmallow Calman. Penguins playing loud music are chasing him on the ninth floor, so he can't tell us how loud. <laughs> exactly. The crowd is. It's I mean, a travesty. I mean, do you just fly in for the games, Matt, or are you here all week? <laughs> right? Because I don't. I feel like this is Sunday public skate and send a, set a Sunday skate with you on here. I don't have any stallion. I know Pete is recovering from hangovers on most Sunday mornings, so he picks his spots. I like that. But, Matt, I need some salient hockey points, not just that it's cold and Penguins are playing loud music. It was a hockey point. It's cold, <laughs> and the ice is great, so Brad Marchand should get a hat trick. They put you Ooh. in your place. I guess Man. so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're going to complain about the ice conditions and they're going to they're going to tweak them for you, you should show up a little bit more than Brad Marchand has. Yeah, it's, that's a fair criticism, and his penalty was not good. Now, the goaltender, Tuca or Puka? It's our <laughs> weekly check-in. Now, Fluto in the Athletic today. Here's the headline. Oh God. Quote: We got stretched. The critical breakdown that Tuka Rask was unable to clean up. So it's obviously in reference to the game winner, the Duchesne game winner in double overtime last oh, night. And it reads as a criticism of Rask. He was unable to clean it up. The, the actual article... Yeah, it's very much like not anti-Rask. Right, oh, it's yeah. kind of like Rask, it wasn't Rask's fault. He if did his job. If it's, if if it's in the athletic and Fluto right, it has to be true. So I'm not going to argue it. <laughs> I'm not even going to get on. Is there any faulting Rask for the rebound control in, uh, in, no. on the Tuka double overtime Rask goal? Rask made or? some great saves. He was pretty good... Rebound control the whole game. Pucks to the corners. Pucks out high. Came out to challenge a few times. Maybe got, actually got a position on one of them. Made that one great save where he's falling on his face. I mean, what the heck are we going to talk about the coach? 
Yeah, no, you look at all three of those goals and which one, how are you going to pin any of those on too good? Two of them came out awful turnovers, and second one, or the, the overtime winner, you get guys in front of the net. That's where you should be on the other end of the ice. Put guys in front of the net, hold for a rebound, stuff it, it in. And it was, the, it was the opposite of them because they had just run that play like five seconds ago to that spot, and he made the save or the puck went wide, something like that, and then they just re- reloaded and did it again as, as opposed to the Bruins, five different entries, you know, five times to run the same play, and the, and the Blue Jackets have it read. The Bruins didn't read the play, and they didn't clear out in front. So, But, yeah, let's blame the goalie. Why not? I was, I was waiting for somebody to uh, <laughs> to complain about the, the save that he made in overtime where he was like halfway out of the net, halfway yeah. out of the crease, and made the glove save. Pretty lucky save. He had an entire net wide open, but I don't care how ugly it is as long as you make the save. Well, I don't wanted to make ugly saves because he's not he's too technically sound and he doesn't give it, it doesn't look like he's flopping it doesn't look like he's trying. I was so. waiting for somebody to criticize it so I could be like, <laughs> "Well, did you like Tim oh, Thomas sure in 2011?" Were. I'm sure that I'm sure they're criticizing him. Absolutely. I mean, they're going to criticize him for everything. Every time every time a goal is scored against the Boston Bruins, you should see some of the reaction from some of the people sitting near me <laughs> as if Tukarash could stop every puck. <laughs> the, the eye, ro- I sw- I the eye rolls and the, and the cri- and the direct to to Twitter yeah. commentary is amazing. I swear to God, there are there are fans that that think that goalies should stop every single shot that comes their way. Yeah, I mean we see it every it's game. Wild. You see it on the, on Twitter every game. Oh, this is a soft one. That was a bad one. And then you try to explain to them whether the puck was deflected or tipped or a stick was hit or something, and you don't know. They don't care. It's like trying to you know convince people of a certain thing in politics. I said this last week. I think it's it's the same thing that nothing ever gets through their brains about this stuff. So what do you want to do? And you know they 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 you know they they, they listen. They read other people's stuff that people who don't watch the games and just write Tuka stuff every week, and that's the way it goes. So there you go, Ken. Puka every week. Okay. <laughs> well, here's, here's the I'm criticism. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says Puka every week. Do I have to pay Mark James for that? <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, according to Fluto, Rask slid from left to right, somehow stopped Panarin's ripper, but doing everything to turn back Panarin left Rask unable to reposition himself for what was coming next. Isn't that what a goalie's supposed to do? Do everything he can to stop the initial shot? Yeah, right. so, I, so I think that... that what Fluto is saying is that it's not his fault. He did everything oh. he could to make the initial stop, and there right. just wasn't enough help behind it. How do you have people time? How do you have t- Ken? How did you even have time to read something this morning? I got up at four a.m. Baby, oh my, I read everything. Oh my god! Including a very flower. You want to go to the, the other standout piece was from Dupes Notes, uh, and he compares the uh, the game here to. I mean, he's talking about the physicality of the Jackets, right? Which again, we had a game two where I. I Tweeted a DJ Bean like, "Come on, you got to chart some hits tonight. This is a, <laughs> this is one of the <laughs> no DJ hates that." But here's what Dupes writes: "Such is the consequence of playing in a grinder. Unlike the Leafs, who rely more on quick zone exits as a way to defend their zone, the Blue Jackets are coached to play a heavy game, emphasizing hitting and shot blocking. It took all season, but John Tortorella teased out the necessary physical buy-in from his crew." He goes on to say. Uh, it's uh, long overtimes are like a Vegas casino, one loaded with loose slots. So I thought it stood out. Now, the physical play of the uh, Jackets in the series, good matchup for the Bruins or bad? I mean, it would seem that that's right up their alley. But uh, if Krejci's hurt and if you guys are right and Pasternak's hurt and there's going to be more bloodshed uh, but by the end of the series... Uh, it, it's going to be a much different story than the uh, than the Leaf series. This could be this could be taxing. I, yeah, you know what? I don't know where Pete stands or Ken stands on this, but I I, I think if you're if you're healthy enough to play within reason, you're, you should be producing. I don't I'm never I don't like this. You know, everyone's banged up. God knows what's going on with with the with the Jackets. They don't have what two or three of the top six defensemen in there right now. So 
I don't want to give them any excuses. I mean, yeah, we could talk about that a little bit, but clearly you should be scoring if you're being paid seven million, whatever it is. I hate to bring up the salaries, but I'd rather bring up the salaries and bring and bring up the the role on the team than bring up injuries. Go out to, if you're healthy enough to play, you're healthy enough to produce. It's uh, when you match up like the rosters of these two teams, it's it actually is pretty even, isn't it? I mean, despite them being an, uh, the Columbus being an eight seed and a wild card after the trade deadline. Their roster, I mean, this, by the way, without Josh Anderson, their top goal scorer has been pretty much absent. For, I haven't noticed him much. You guys have? Maybe the one off yeah, the post I've noticed in him game in one. negative situations. Right. He's taking penalties. I mean, he's not been that good, and they're still... Uh, I guess uh, Dubois has not been that great, their top-line center. But Panarin's good. Duchesne's obviously good. Felino's had some great chances. Their fourth line is excellent. Uh, as far as fourth lines go, the top D pair is good. You're right about the injuries, Matt, but the rest of them haven't stood out in a negative way. Right. So your it's a good adva- team. Your biggest advantage is the first line. Your first line, yeah. if you're going yeah. best versus best, you should be creaming the Blue Jackets. For as good as Artemi Panarin is, and he's very, very good, You, your first line should be totally overmatching theirs, and it's not. And that's a huge issue for this team. Here's some postgame comments from last night. Here's Bergeron talking about the overtime uh, penalty that he took and uh, what happened. Okay. The loss is that Patrice? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you work hard to uh, put yourself in a good position, I think, you know, throughout the game and, you know, tight game. And obviously, um, um, you know, it's on me, obviously, not uh, try to avoid that penalty. And, and, and that's it. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a tough loss, but we, we got to move forward, I guess. I mean, how, uh, if you're going to criticize Martian, Bergeron should be in there too, right? It's the critical penalty, and he can't be in the box in a, on a PK. That's somebody that they need out there for it. So he's as much of a culprit as Marshawn is last night. Yeah, I just I think the whole top line. I mean, you look at all three of those guys. I mean, obviously Pasternak got moved down, but you look at, at Marshan, Bergeron, Pasternak. All three of those guys, the offense goes with them. They need to be better, and you need to outmatch you know, if you're going best versus best, you need to outmatch their top line. That's the biggest. That's the biggest indictment of them is that it took like 11 minutes for him to break up that line, <laughs> a line that was together the entire season while we were saying, "Oh, should they ever break them up?" This and that. Is this the best line in hockey? Right. <laughs> <laughs> if that's if that's God. a conversation, Nathan, you should be winning, winning battles. Nathan McKinnon laughs every time he hears that right. now because you know what? It's 100 percent the best. Colorado's line breaking that line up. Yet any line that has Nathan McKinnon on it is yeah. now the best line in hockey because yeah. he's the best player in hockey. But two months ago, Matt, we had this argument as to whether the top line should right. stay intact or not, and yeah. whether Heinen should be up there. Where are you now? I mean, or am I? Oh, I thought you were going to say where was I then? Because we know where I was. Because I was who? What the hell do I know? I said they should keep it together. So yes, but now I mean, it seems like Heinen is the clear cut answer to stay. Yeah, Heinen right? is the clear cut answer, and it's it's troubling because you're not getting anything from the line now. Now Duchesne scored the game winner. Here's uh, Duch- Matt Duchesne of the uh, Jackets. Uh, analyzing what he thinks the series has been like through two games after last night. What does it mean to bring it back home one one like this? Nothing. Yeah, it's huge. You know, we you know, uh, we have a chance to go home and, you know, hold serve now. Um, we've been good at home in the playoffs. We've played well, and um, that's a really good hockey team over there. We're so evenly matched, I find, with the way we both play, and there's not much room out there. There's no one really, you know, kind of taking over the game you know bread at times tonight for sure but you know it's it's such a it's such a almost stalemate out there and it's the uh, it's i'm not surprised we went to overtime back-to-back games so if he's right we may have more of these three two overtime type games the rest of the series <coughs> evenly he's matched stalemate pay, paying the price for no overtimes in a seven game first round so yep suck it up was, calvin you knew it was coming better get ready to go by the way his nickname i didn't even know this is dutchy that's not a great nickname for well, it's better Dutch. than if you pronounce it the other way 
<laughs> Put the douche in Duchesne. Exactly. Third overall pick in 2009, he's good, but um, I would agree with uh, what Pete said. Your, your top line's got to be better than theirs. All right, so we'll predict how this thing goes in Game 3 coming up. We only have an hour, so if you want to get in, do it next. 617-779-7937. It is Sunday Skate, presented by Wise Snacks and Star Market. Ken Laird, Pete Blackburn, and Matt Kalman on WEI. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Mud and Callahan Show and WEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Wise Snacks and by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins. Obviously, when this thing goes to overtime, you know you never know how it's going to. Funny, funny bounces of the puck can happen. Uh, you got one. You got one to go your way. Can you explain how an overtime win that can be exhausting and draining can also give you energy? Like you, oh. this is going to give your team now. Well, I think you just as we keep going in this series, we haven't played a lot of hockey lately. So, uh, you know, the actually the more periods we play, the better it is for us. I think you know you can just see our game kind of come to life and and guys get more comfortable in their reads and uh, so yeah. I mean, no one wants to play two overtimes, but uh, I think it's I think it's helped us a little bit and it's given us uh, obviously a huge boost after winning. Um, you know, you got to find a way. We had to find a way to get this win. It's a huge difference and going home down two nothing or one one and uh, really proud of the group for finding a. Way to get done. I can tell you, I know it's going to be a hell of a lot louder than it was here in Boston. That's the captain of the Jackets, Nick Foligno, and then Brandon Dubinsky. Momentum and the cannon on the side of Columbus heading into Game 3 Tuesday night. Matt Calvin is with me. I'm Ken Laird, and also, of course, the great Pete Blackburn, CBS Sports. We'll get Ken, to the calls here in a second. Ken, Go. if you're not here next week, Wiggy's going to take your seat, all right? I'm in. I'm in. We're, we're going two hours next week. I'm book it. Book it right now. We've had uh, negative Calvin, who's Defending, well, he's ripping anybody who thinks Bobrovsky was good, torching the top line. Uh, we had uh, Maria in Watertown. I would say concern Maria, not uh, uh, not fearing Columbus, but heads out of butts was her signature quote. We had uh, Fred New Hampshire, positive Fred, don't float with the waves. And I think uh, what's been your uh, your keynote this morning, just to summarize, Pete? Uh, puck uh, management was, yeah, your, was, your, yeah. was your catchphrase. Too yeah. sloppy, and Too sloppy, I'm, I'm not right. scared. That Sloppy, but not scared. All right, let's go to Maxie in Boston and see where Maxi stands here on Sunday Skate. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, we got you. Okay, so people are talking about uh, how Tuka Resk is sucks, Tuka Resk is this and that. He's a great goalie. And I want to ask you guys a question. Do you Is there a rule in the NHL where the goalie can't be uh, uh, a certain size? Because if there's no such a rule, people that complain should have a real fat guy uh, 6'10", yes. 350 pounds sitting in front of the goal. So no puck will go through that guy. He can sit exactly. there the game and do nothing. That's right. And Charles Wang, the late Charles Wang, rest his soul, he's the one who wanted to bring the sumo wrestlers in. And yeah, do you, ever, you see the Geico commercial with the walrus? That's right. So. Yeah, yeah. King Momo. King Momo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Thanks for the call, Maxie. I, no, I would say you know Tuca, other than a couple of Fluto headlines in the Athletic, has been a, has been a if if anything a non story. Actually, the other way around, Game Seven, he was excellent. Right. Uh, this week, it was. But you're pretty, not allowed to say that. Pretty damn good it week. Didn't steal also. them the game. That's that was the that was the. Yes. I mean, if I had if I had a nickel for every tweet I got after that game that he didn't steal them the game, so it doesn't really matter. I I wouldn't even have to be sitting here right now. But the point is. He doesn't have to steal them the game. <laughs> he can't control the chances coming at him. He made the saves he had to make and won a crucial game to get you to second round. 
crucial game, and the, the day after, the Capitals were eliminated. I mean, that should not be overlooked. That is a terrible matchup that is now off the board for the Bruins, right? I, I don't know Absolutely. You, I know you love the Islanders, but they're down 1-0, Kalman, and um, I mean, anything goes now, but... I wonder the if Dale Arnold there. would swap out Brad Marchand for Alex Ovechkin at I this think, point. I think, yeah, Dale's been proven <laughs> easy, right multiple easy. times. Well, Dale has the Bruins winning the cup. He's on the roll. Yep, you can't argue with Dale. It's over. He's the favorite. Uh, they even reseeded. Dale said that's what they do, so they, they did. I hope, they I hope Dale knows if the Bruins win the cup, we have to do a rewrite on the book. We have to do an addition. So. Do you want to go on the road for the cup finals to uh, St. Louis, or do you want to go to Colorado? Where are you guys heading? What's what's the prediction here? What's uh, my, now, now that my dream was dashed with uh, the horrible officiating <laughs> right. in, uh, oh, in San Vegas Jose. Trip. I was hoping to go to Vegas, but no. Which, by the way, Don Cherry vehemently defended the refs for that call. Insane. Of course he did. Because oh there was God. blood on the ice, they had to do what, something, was essentially what he said. Whatever's yeah. wrong, just listen to Don Cherry, <laughs> and then and then just take the opposite opinion. I mean, do we not know this yet? That's what these people exist for, to tell you how not to think. I mean, that's as bad as the, the missed call in the Saints uh, NFC Championship game, no? That's what Marshall said after the game. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, it was terrible, and, but obviously you have to stop. <laughs> it's on you to not allow four power play goals on the uh, ensuing major. So, I, I think I think St. Louis is the best team remaining in it overall, or at least on the Western Conference. St. Louis is the best team, but Denver's the best place to go. Okay. Sure. I, so. I wouldn't want to go to St. Louis, but I'm not going to have to. So and Dallas uh, won yesterday to tie that series up, so yeah. you still got a Tyler Sagan possibility in the finals. Uh, Matt Zuccarello, big trade deadline acquisition there. Who knows? Carolina's up one game. You might have all wildcard teams in the final four. Maybe that would be a charm to that. But uh, just real quick, what do you guys expect Tuesday night? I know, I, you know, I've already been blocked from for my saying that the cannon is loud. Three overtimes. Triple overtimes. <laughs> <laughs> just to torture you. No, I'm. I. Uh, I think they bounce back. Uh, I, I said Bruins in five at the beginning of the series. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick with it. I think they take two in Columbus. They come back and wow. they finish it off. Finish uh, on five. This is going at least six, probably seven. I mean, this is gonna be a grind. And uh, I'm not gonna th- say that they're gonna turn it on the next game because we said that in the, se- in the seven game series and it took up the game seven really to yep. come together again. I mean, oh, game six was a, was a really good game too, but it wasn't necessarily their perfect game. And so uh, and that's the yeah. way it was in 2011, right? They had three long series. Exactly. And, and you don't really see the, the top line coming on. You keep thinking they're going to flash. They had the good game four, and then it went back to this. So it's just in and out, and it's going to be however many goals Charlie Coyle scores is going to tell you how many games they're going to win. All right, Kalman's headed for breakfast. He's already asking for advice on where you should go in the Brighton area. So enjoy your breakfast, Matt. We'll talk to you next week. Be ready for two hours, all right? And it's going to be another Game 5 quick turnaround next Sunday morning. So we expect you equally bitter. Wait, is it two hours, 7 to 9, or the, or the 8 to 10? Which one is it? To be determined. To oh, be determined. <laughs> Hopefully we can bump the entire Wiggy show. But they're up next. Wiggy's in the building, as is Reamer, as is Bradfo. Pete, great stuff as always. Thank you, my friend. Check out Pete Blackburn at CBS Sports. Check out Matt Cabot at WEI.com. I'm Ken Laird. See you.